I just woke up thinking about going home with you and got very excited about Christmas. I get to go meet the people that made my favorite person. I'll always take December away over summer. Abby, you and Harper have a perfect relationship. She is my person, and I really want everyone to know that. I want to marry her. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm finally going to meet everyone. There's something that we should talk about. I didn't tell my parents I'm gay. So who do they think I am? This is Harper's orphan friend, Abby. Yes, of course. They're there. You're so brave. So her parents believe their straight daughter brought home her lesbian friend for Christmas? Not exactly. They also think that I'm straight. Have they ever met a lesbian? Hi, welcome to Space Bros, the sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Kate. And with me is someone who I would 1,000% come and rescue out of any hellish experience and or party um, if you were within a five-hour drive. Uh, Mary Johnston, what up, girl? Hello. Um, not only would you, I believe you have done those things for me yep. in the past. Yep. So I can yep. vouch for that. That, that, that. that might be the truest description we've ever delivered on the show. <laughs> and also hugely appreciated. The yeah. only thing, and you know what? When you do that, you stick to the goddamn plan. You don't yes. change your mind halfway through. No, no you don't. Because oh. you know you make an assessment and then you stick to it. That's it. Yes. That's it. Yes. And if it's a mistake. You're probably correct the first time. Yeah. Don't, don't let your emotions get into it. There's a reason why you should step away. You can change your mind the next day, but don't like, don't just like knee jerk something, you yeah. know? Yeah. Also, yeah. there was absolutely no reason. For him to continue. Anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, yeah, I, I know I, I I know I just said it's a sci-fi movie podcast, but um, this is part two of our Holligates special. Happy uh, Where we talked about the dropped-in end of November. You've definitely heard about, we assume, uh, from on Hulu, Happiest Seasons, um, which we'll be talking about in a minute. But first... We got, we got, we got, we got some other Christmas, weird Christmas fringe stuff to talk about, right, Mary? We do. So, I recently, for the first time in, I would, I'm gonna guess, maybe not a, a at least a decade, if not closer to a decade and a half, if not closer to two decades, revisited yep. um, Nightmare Before Christmas, which I put on in the background as I was working on some projects because I was like. The music's cute. And yep. when I can look up, something will bound to be fun. Something fun will bound to be happening on the screen. Right? Like, just kind of, mm -hmm. I did not have any other thought beyond that. And about halfway through, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is a movie for children that very clearly and very safely explain, demonstrates, doesn't even explain, demonstrates, expects them to understand implicitly why cultural appropriation is so bad. And I was kind of blown away. I don't think that that's what the movie's supposed to be doing, necessarily. I don't think Tim Burton in the past, in the deep past, when sure. I was like four years sure. old, was like, cultural appropriation's a problem, and I'm going to create this elaborate metaphor of different holiday towns, and why one holiday can't just usurp the power of another holiday, and why, like, why that would be bad. I don't think so. I think it, probably at that point, it was some sort of old-timey version of stay in your lane, basically. <laughs> Is what sure, he was going sure. for, but, but like I think you're right. It's like it's it it's om it's almost as though I'll give a more generous read. Like he felt something in the water, like something about that dynamic yeah. was inherently wrong, you know, because it does seem to almost literally be about cultural appropriation. Like 
what what do we think of like what do we refer to holidays as except for like you know these cultural events because they change from where you are right and it's even i would say pretty because i think sometimes when you get into the land of what is cultural appropriation and how is it harmful and who is allowed and what who isn't allowed and blah blah, blah you kind of can get into some territory where you just churn endlessly yeah yeah and i was actually very impressed um, with this because I think it's a pretty it's fair it's it's stern but fair I would say because there is at no point any like there is no question that if Jack Skellington king of Halloween the pumpkin king would like to himself celebrate Christmas he's absolutely welcome to there's no that's not a problem totally totally the problem is that he does not want to celebrate Christmas he wants to make Christmas hence the song making Christmas. And he also wants to be king of Christmas. He would like to usurp and push over Santa Claus and take over that role. And I think that that is a very nuanced take that I think sometimes when we get into land of cultural appropriation is sort of lost, which is it's like, yeah, like, totally fine. If you if you appreciate something and want to learn more about it, and maybe even like light lightly participate in it, and it's not your culture, that's fine. That's totally fine. You are not allowed to take it and make it your own, though. Like, you cannot do that. That is where you cross a line. And that's when it becomes really harmful. So I enjoyed it because it's it's obvious. And it's so cool because... I mean, I've watched this movie. It came out, I think, when I was four years old. I saw it in theaters, for sure. I have a very distinct memory of that. And when you watch it as a kid, and I've watched it many times over the course of my life, when you watch it as a kid, it's just, like, implicit. It was only now when I was like, wait, what is this story actually about? Like, you don't have to explain to anyone that what Jack is doing is wrong. It's it's obvious what he's doing is wrong. Whereas it seems like... Yeah, it's a lot of showing, not telling. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also it's it's implicit. You know it's wrong. And there's a good character who also knows it's wrong, and it's Sally throughout. She knows it's wrong the whole time and tries to tell him it's wrong the whole time. And he just kind of blows her off constantly. Um, and then in the end scene, Santa Claus, when, when they finally like make right and save Santa Claus from being brutally murdered, and... Um, have like have like reset the right the correct order of things right santa's gonna return to christmas land and make christmas happen he himself santa says like you should have listened to sally the whole time and i also and p.s i also don't forgive you and then takes off and that's also kind of cool that's why i say it's like stern but fair it's not doesn't it doesn't go into the land where you hate jack for what he's doing because you understand like that 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 feeling of feeling uninspired and then reaching out for something shiny and new and novel to you but then ruining it that is a thing i think that a lot of people know what that feels like but you also don't put the burden on the people that you have hurt (laughs) extremely to to, to make you feel better to make you feel better about it yeah although santa claus does i think thank the residents of Halloween Town for returning to their lane and restoring the correct order of things by giving them snow. So, I think it also suggests that there is si- there is a potential for redemption in all this that we can all live side by side. It's not like the holidays don't need to can't know about each other. That's fine. Can't appreciate right. each other. It's yeah. just that like y'all are in it's charge of Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I'm in charge of Christmas. That's it, man. 
So I, I would recommend it. I, I thought it held up really well. Um, and uh, it's just beautiful. I think especially now that this is going to make me sound like a grandma, especially now that everything's like computer animation, it's really beautiful <laughs> to see things that have like fingerprints in them and are painstakingly handmade. I appreciate you breaking that down. I haven't watched that movie in years either. While I love Tim Burton and I dressed up as Sally for Halloween once, uh, the boogeyman has always creeped me out. And uh, Oogie Boogie's still scary. Design. Yeah. And uh, so I, it's not a movie I seek out, but I think it would be delightful to watch again. Yeah. This is a bumper crap year for uh, films, Christmas and other holiday filmage featuring um, LGBTQ folks, T yep. folks. Yep. Um, and I am personally very excited. I have not watched it yet. It just came out this past weekend. So I've not been and I don't have cable. So I need to track it down by other means. But I'm also yep. really excited about um, the, the movie The Christmas Setup, um, which is about two gay gentlemen who meet and fall in love with the um, orchestration of a one Fran Drescher in a one city that I care about very much, which is Milwaukee. So it include it supports three things I love, which are queer holiday media, Milwaukee, and Fran Drescher. So I'm excited to see it. I hope it's good. I hope I am so. Quite- quite excited to see that as well um another movie that you could watch i don't know if i recommend it at the end like it feels like weird christian propaganda but like pro gay christian probably i don't know uh a new york christmas wedding it's uh it's on netflix it does feature queer afro latinx women that's cool that's enough to celebrate it um i just you know what i'm saying is i don't think that i got what i wanted for christmas yet but that's okay I got, I got, we, we have some fun, right? You know, we, we, we can go to yes. a, a gay drag bar. Let's, yeah, let's, let's dive into this, this, this queer movie we're talking about. Happiest season. Let's do it. Just to level set us with a, with a plot overview. Um, <clears throat> Harper and Abby have been dating for literally just over a year. Seem very happy. Abby is all set to propose to her on New Year's Eve until Harper uh, getting caught up in the moment is like, no, come home for Christmas with me and be with me and my family. Wake up with me on Christmas morning. And so Abby's like, great, I'll propose to her then. Only to get in the car, be driving to the parents' house and find out that um, the family doesn't know that they're dating or that Harper's gay. And that Harper's maybe been lying for six months about that to Abby. And uh, that they'll be showing up as straight friends. And uh, she told them that it wasn't weird that uh, Abby's coming because she has nowhere else to go because her parents died, which they had, for the record. So that sets us up for this wonderful premise wherein uh, you get a lot of queer trauma. But at the end, smash cut two, girl still gets the girl. It's it's a good time. Uh, you know. <clears throat> Mary, why don't you start off with your first thoughts yeah. and, and then I'll... I'll come in with mine. <laughs> well, I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in red hot. I think my ultimate problem with this film is the same pro- ultimate problem I had with Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, which is not a high enough body <laughs> count. <laughs> oh, I my feel, God. I love this take. I feel like, first of all, it totally was not what I expected it to be. I thought this was going to be pink peppermint-flavored cotton candy, and I was just going to be able to just, like totally suspend disbelief and be pleased for an hour and 40 minutes. That's what I thought. And it was going to be wacky hijinks and Christmas and just like goofy and all that stuff. Yep. 
And instead, what we got was this rather maudlin coming out story that at points bared a striking resemblance to Get Out. And then instead of giving me a yes. pile of dead wasps at the end, I got a bunch of happy endings. And it's not it's not that I want to unwrap a package full of dead wasps, but when you give me that <laughs> as an expectation throughout, yeah. I'm yeah. also not really happy with the happy ending either. Like, it's just, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Um, well, first off, I think the marketing team for this movie is my enemy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you all really set us up for some bullshit. I, too, was expecting, like, a sapphic cloud of fluffy bliss. Uh, let me let me set the stage for my first impression. <clears throat> I wake up too early to start working. It's 5 a.m. And I open up TikTok and I hear Billy Eichner's voice saying, let's go, lesbians, let's go. While uh, on the screen is a, is a video clip of Happy Season announcing that the movie has dropped. So I, who have just started my period, like hours before, get myself like, a little Christmas beverage, <laughs> climb into bed, fluff Kate, up my pillows. Kate, pops a, Kate popped in her diva cup and then filled yeah. up her loving cup and settled in front of a scene. <laughs> and then was delivered something that was not that at all. Okay, so I grade queer movies on a curve. Sure. Um, mostly because they have fewer resources, etc., but also because for me, having queerness in it and getting to see myself represented... There's so little representation. There's more on TV than there is anywhere else. But even there, it's few and far between. You have to, like, get excited every single fucking time. Um, you know, and this movie is inherently queer. So, like, you know, you couldn't have it without it. But um, so I'd give this a 7.5 on the enjoyment scale. But um, I would like to be really clear that I have processed and made my piece and watched this somehow six times. Oh, Read everything piece I could gone all over lesbian twitter i'm gonna cite some sources i'm gonna refer to some people just because i want you to get a fuller spectrum of opinions on this um and mary and i are just two people and you know what lesbians aren't a monolith and neither are gay people in general or queerness anyway um is there another rom-com we have to pretend to be the friend not the partner that isn't queer the only thing i could think of that actually like if that was a trope was like mindy kaling having Danny Castellano in the Mindy Project, like, not want to admit he's dating her because he's embarrassed of her. And that was toxic as fuck and not great. Um, yeah, I would hmm. say, I would say, not to say, well, first of all, I know that Mindy Kaling um, sometimes identifies this way, although I would say mm, about that, I would, I would say that that is a sign of how sick we are as a society. I would say that women that are not conventional, if you have a story about a woman who's not conventionally yes. attractive, yes. yes. Yes, that is the story, but it is not it is not played off in a way that is good. Generally speaking, that guy is the wrong guy and then there's a good guy who always would have been proud to be her boyfriend. Yep. That is well, it's, typically it's, what happens. It's interesting because uh instead of uh Harper being ashamed of Abby, though she does little to support Abby at all. Uh, also make maybe, her feel valued maybe, or loved. Maybe has a really weird relationship with the fact that I don't know. Abby 
parents died and i would not call her an orphan that's no, really weird God, to that's me that's not no but like no. has a really weird relationship with that and also does not have a good handle on where her partner sits with that and i know that that can take time especially if your partner is more reserved which i get the sense from abby that she is i think abby's yeah abby's someone who's willing to take care of other people's problems above her yeah own. Yeah, and I mean, we, like, I don't even think... get that almost as, like, a line yeah. of dialogue at the beginning. So, like, yeah. I get that. Yeah. But, like, the fact that Harper is dragging Abby on a Christmas light walk tour when Abby tells us much later in the movie that everything about Christmas reminds her painfully of her parents because they loved it. And now that they're gone, it's a horrible reminder that they are gone and, like, that that breaks her heart. Like, that feels really Yeah, it makes wrong. That, that initial scene yeah. that feels like fun hijinks, like even more traumatic like and and and, because you just read it that she's not that into it and that's fine it's like yeah i sometimes you do things for your you don't just do stuff for your partner because they're really excited about it and you're a good sport like that's sometimes what you do that's called being in a relationship it is very different to be that would be like being like wait you're you're massively afraid of dogs because you were attacked by a dog when you were a child let's go let's go to a husky farm and just get and dogs will just jump all over us like you're like no that's really not okay yeah like you can't make people do that stuff no matter how much you love it like the person with the trauma wins (laughs) you can't if you really love them and care about them like you don't put people in positions like that you know totally well and i think um Harper isn't ashamed of Abby. She's ashamed of queerness, like her queerness. Yeah. But like as an offshoot, that means she's ashamed of Abby because Abby's queer. Um, and that's like that is that is a snake eating its own tail. And that is the reality of it, because like yeah. being in a relationship with someone who is ashamed of their queerness, even if they don't actively think that they're ashamed of you, if they are asking you to pretend like, no, there there's some internalized homophobia going on all over this movie. And I've dated people who lie easily because um, they knew that the lie would would make their life easier but the problem is like harper's not just lying for herself she's literally dragging abby painfully through this so like i had ever i had a big problem with the fact that on the way in and it's not even like she says like i would have had a much less problem with harper if she was like look i was caught up in the moment it's very romantic this is back in the kitchen when it's revealed yes 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 first thing in the morning when you realize that like reality is setting in for her and she's like look i got caught up it was really romantic. I love you so much. There's no one I want to wake up with on Christmas morning except you. However, you need to know X, Y, Z. And this is also how I think I feel about it. Because, like, it's not even as if it was a question to her yeah. that Abby would not try to pass as as hetero, if not straight. I would say that what she's yeah. asking her to do actually is pass as straight, which I think is yeah. worse. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like... It's like on the way in, like your foot is on the welcome mat. And she's like, oh, by the way, you're also going to have to pretend to do this thing. I mean, like if she had said that to me, I would have been like, bitch, I would have packed so differently if that was the case. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I would have also had the opportunity to say no, which I should always have the opportunity to say no. Well, and she starts to say no. She does. And that's like, that's what's even worse about this. Like, so having rewatched a bunch of times, you know, you don't miss anything. Like, whatever suspension of disbelief you need to employ to get Abby and Harper into this situation without Harper being evil or Abby, like, an insane sycophant, the bottom line is that Abby is there and Harper, like, lies in a way that's, like, death by a thousand cuts. Yep. And she, and in that car ride, so it is funny and very lesbian that, like, you know, they stop the car to process, you know, like, that's whatever. Um, But... 
But she puts Abby in this impossible situation being like, this is such a great opportunity. My parents will fall in love with you and then it will make it so much easier when I'm ready to come out to them. Like, your parents are clearly vaguely homophobic, we find out throughout the movie. Like, their response to Riley's, quote, lifestyle choices. Like, you are... You are gaslighting Abby or lying to both, probably in this situation, lying to both of yourselves that, like, Abby has any chance of doing anything other than, like, being treated like shit. Because Abby's not great at passing a straight. I do think that, like... No, she's not. Yes. (laughs) No, she's not. Yes. I, I also think it's... It is, no matter who you are or what your sexuality is or what your relationship is with your significant other of any stripe... It is not their job to make your parents love you. It is your job to figure out what kind of relationship you can, A, have with your parents and then broker that relationship. You do not put, like, to say, like, oh, they're going to love you, Abby. And then then when I tell them something about me, they will accept that so much easier. I mean, that would be like being like, I'm going to take you home to like, this would be like, I was like, listen, I, my parents are, which they are not, thank God, horrible racists. I'm going to take my not white boyfriend home. And when they meet him and they see him, they'll realize the error of their ways and then it'll be fine. No, they won't. No, No. they won't. What that is, is you're being a chicken shit about your parents and you're offshoring the responsibility of their love to somebody else. And that is messed up, and that is not what you do to somebody you love. Yeah, and and I just the last thing I'll say in first impressions <laughs> is that. Um, oh, I thought I, we just luged right into queer no, sound offing. No, no, I'm still like I had I have a lot I have a lot of things. Um, <laughs> uh, Harper's putting Abby in a terrible uh, power dynamic. Um, like not only by being like make my parents love me, but I'm not going to say it like that. But also by being like. Here's my orphan friend who had nowhere else to go. And so, like, then, like, the first thing her mom says when she, like, thanks, like, them for welcome. Oh, it's nothing. We always love helping the less fortunate. It's like, man, Harper, you are just fucking making Abby's life terrible. Um, also, also, you typically know, like, uh, my brother and I have this joke, which is not a joke we made up. Um, and it's a it's about uh, Vanderpump Rules, and it's from Watch What Crappens, and that's a great show, and you should listen to it if you ever consume any Bravo media. But I have listened to it, and it's fun, even if you haven't watched what they're talking about. It's fun. They're good. Um, but they talk about how uh, Lisa Vanderpump talks about broken birds. She just loves she loves people that are a little bit like have like trauma or haven't like figured it all out yet which is everybody but like she likes people that are like clearly clearly need her help right that's what she likes and you know if you have a parent that can be that or you have a parent that'll be like absolutely i'm happy to have anyone in my house like yes they are welcome i am a good host i am happy to provide christmas cheer and I would say that Harper's parents f- are worse than either of those options. I would never, yep. if I knew my parents were like broken bird, Lisa Vanderpumps, I would not yeah. phrase it that way to my parent because I know that they're going to be really weird and overbearing. Instead, yes. these parents, Tipper and Tad, and Ted, 
fall kind of like on the other end of the spectrum where they're just like, oh, you're unfortunate. Well, I guess it's nice that you're inside a nice house for Christmas for once, right? Like that is so yes. insidious. And for Harper to not know that about her parents well, and not, to not like ever call it out. And to I think yeah. she was almost lying to herself being like, I'm doing Abby a favor. We're in, in reality, she clearly could have spent Christmas with John. He literally comes and spends it with her. Like, well, yeah, you and are also, not saving her from anything. Also, you Abby just wanted is her. fine missing Christmas. She says it yes. multiple times. It's yes. for Harper. Harper needs her there. And then Harper sets her up to have a very terrible time with her very terrible family. Except for Jane. Terrible who's family saved. except for Jane. We stand Jane on this podcast. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Um, <laughs> but sorry, like, I even have that in all caps in my notes. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, yeah. Anytime I talk about Harper's family, I'm not talking about Jane because Jane transcends them. Yeah, um, of course. But like, she also sets. She's absolutely right about this unfortunate power dynamic, and it shows that she doesn't really know who her family is, or does not realize how her family is terrible. It is one thing to accept and love your family, even though you know that there are weak spots and bad things and then and, that, is, and that's a normal thing that yeah. everyone has to do because yes. no human is perfect so Correct. like no matter what you're at some point you're doing that you know because we're all growing and evolving but like this is different but this is so much worse than just being like this is so much worse than like being like hey yo my mom is like really proud of this casserole but it's not that good so like but we like yes. all pretend it is like that is a fine thing to ask a friend to do like yeah mm, you know, like yeah. every family has their own culture and it's fine to ask people to assimilate to some degree to that culture. Like, sure. like, you know, don't drop F-bombs around my mom. I think yep. that's a fine thing to expect yep. your your friends and loved ones to do for you. Yep. It is not fine <laughs> to be like, you have to be totally different around my parents and and um, like totally different in a way that is um, offensive to your core identity. And also I'm going to tell them things about you, which will allow them to treat you like subhuman for the yeah. duration of these five days. <laughs> My eye is twitching yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know, I want to say I'm going to call out something that I am not going to address again on this podcast because I don't have room for it. I read somewhere uh, someone made a comment about like the clear years of trauma that uh, Sloane and Harper are <sighs> are harboring, and I'm sure that that's true. Like I'm sure that that's true. I'm not. I don't have room for that right now in my reading. Okay, I know it exists. I'm not trying to put down anyone's trauma they have with their families. This just is not that story. This is a story about a lesbian being forced into a terrible Christmas. If they like, wanted us to, if they wanted us to care about that, apart from being like, if my significant other treated their sister like that, that would be unforgivable, oh yes. and I would need to break up with them immediately, or at least have a very yes. serious conversation and be a like, serious conversation. Hey, <laughs> like, can we talk about what just happened? Is going Do you know that on. That's really gross. Yeah, like, like, like are you, you dealing with this? You, have you seen a therapist lately? Yes, like or like, and if he, and if he, if it, you can't deal with this, why are we here? Um, yeah, no, like if if they wanted that to be the story, Harper would be the main character, but Harper's not the main character. Abby's the main character, so we have to deal with her trauma first, at the very least. I agree. So, um, before before we dive into identity and belonging, I do want to. <sighs> I've already said I enjoyed this movie a 7.5 out of 10 um, in a world in which I live with a housemate who spends a lot of time not like hanging out in this common area. That's not uncommon uh, with my cat. Um, and that's it. 
because we're in a quarantined global pandemic, I watch a lot of movies and TV. So I've watched, you know, not all six of those times were me just processing. Like, it's also nice to, like, live in, like, a fun, glossy, you know, movie with lesbians, you know. Um, But it's difficult when you know you have to podcast about it, though. It's hard. Well, yeah, there. Yes, of course. So I watched this differently than other people did. Yeah. But also, I think I would have done that anyway, because this this thing is so near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, literally representation. Um, this is the kind of stuff we've talked about, like writing these stories, uh, Mary and I, before we started this podcast. Um, and uh, unfortunately, they just they still aren't where I want them to be. But there's this weird tension you feel. Um, I say you as in the royal you. Wherein Dear listener, you. you you want to protect this this rare thing, which is a movie with a budget starring lesbians. It doesn't end with one of them dying. Um, you want to protect it and love it, um, even for all its imperfections. Um, and we'll get into why those like I feel like I know exactly why the movie was made the way it is. I just still disagree. So we'll get into all that. Um, so just know. I love this movie. I love it the way that, like, you can, like, say things about, like, your parents, but no one else can say bad things about your parents. Like, I, that made me angry. That made me feel that way the first time. So I really worked on letting go of that. But I do want you to know, if you enjoyed this movie, I did too. I found lots of it charming, and we will talk about that. The thing is, even if you enjoyed this movie, I think we can agree there's a lot of shit we got to unpack. So. That was very well uh, said. Very well said. I will, like I've mentioned before, later on, I'll be bringing in some other voices, some other queer opinions. Um, but in the meantime, let's, uh, you know, let's let's steer this right in. And um, we're going to talk about Christmas movies because... Oh, I have a bunch of stuff in the weird tension. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Um, I, very well said. I mean, <laughs> queer women are not a monolith. Straight women are not a monolith. Nope. People are not a monolith. Like, there's no, you you can't, like, uh, you know, brown, brown-haired brown Catholic women that are 22 are not a monolith. Like, it's just, nope. you know, it's, nope. you cannot chop a group of people down small enough almost to have them not be a monolith. We are all mm-hmm. unique, beautiful snowflakes. And yep. we, what is a triumph to me might be an utter failure to you. And it's very hard because I like I like it when people agree with my media taste, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, and it's unfair. Like, to be fair, like I the whole situation with lack of representation is it puts both parties in a really unfair position. Because no yeah. movie can deliver to absolutely everybody. None. None. No. None. They don't do it. And so so on one hand, like very unfair to the, the creative minds and the many people who put their heart and soul, sweat and tears into this film. Like it is not fair to just be like, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Like I get that. Right. Right. However, <laughs> I can. It's also equally unfair for fandom to carry a burden of. I don't think it's unfair for fandom to carry the burden of consuming. I think consuming is fine unless... There are times where I wondered if this was, like, a really unfair thing to do to people at the end of a very hard year, right before the holidays, when you're an I've, open wound. And Yeah. Mm. I, but, I, think, I think some people, 
yeah some people saw this coming away that i didn't i think that they steered away and i respect that yeah so no good. absolutely like so i don't think i don't think you but if, if you think you got the capacity by all means consume it because you want to show that there is a market for this that's fine yep yep but there also is also, like some delightful moments just you know sure that in there again sure yeah. but like just kind of breaking it down into like a binary of like consuming and then reacting like yeah. you know so watch yeah. it Step number one, I think that's not, it's not unfair to be like, I made this movie for you. Now, please watch it. I built it so you should come. Like, that is fine. That is not unfair. Yep. Yep. It is unfair to be like, well, if you didn't like it, that's on you. That's your fault. Because you do also have to take critique from your audience. Your audience, you made it for them. So you should listen to them. Like, we as, you and I are both designers. We know this. Yep. Like, you have to kill your darlings. You can't just assume <laughs> that what you made is exactly right for every person. And No, and, and and lots of times the thing that you are so attached to is the thing that needs to go. The most. you're not looking yes. at it objectively. Yep. Yes. And intellectually, I know this. Um, I try to control it professionally because that is literally my job. Um, <laughs> or it's like a part of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's, but it's hard. And I, I understand that. And I do, I mean, so you sent us this interview, which I assume we're going to, we're going to connect to from Elle. It's a conversation with uh, Claire Duvall and Mary Holland talking about this movie. And CDV made some comments that just made me like tilt my head to the side in a not nice way. And she talks, and one of them was how privileged a perspective it would be to expect a queer a movie about queer women to not be about coming out. Well, to, it was like it was like uh, if you don't live in New York or L.A. To think that like we don't like need. Yeah, coming out you live stories. in a bubble. Blah blah blah. Which yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine. But I don't I don't live in New York or L.A. Um, I still nope. want to enjoy myself occasionally. Correct. Correct. <laughs> um, and also, and also, I am a aw- I can be both aware that if you do live in New York or L.A. because I know people who do and they have problems. You still face homophobia sometimes. Like it's not like we yes. act and also yes, like people die, literally yeah. are killed because of homophobia yeah. in big city still. All over. Okay. If we learn nothing else this year, it's that like hatred and bigotry is an American problem. It's not a flyover state problem. When I was reading it, sure. it really it made me feel angry because I would take her comment about checking my privilege about my expectations. If even a single main character in this movie wasn't white, upper middle class, or downright rich, a lot of them are, conventionally beautiful, or um, had attended, this is my favorite, had attended, went to a a near or truly Ivy League university for college, if not graduate school. Like, we are talking about a movie that is absolutely set in a privilege bubble, and that's okay. That's okay. But to then, I think that part of, like, what I struggle with this film, and I think that this is what I think a lot of people, like, if I boil it down truly, like, what I was saying about body count was kind of glib. So this movie is set in a privileged bubble, and I expect the world to function with certain rules within a privileged bubble. And I can even accept watching a film, like, I'm not, like, I mean, even though in my regular life I'm, like, eat the rich, I can watch movies about rich people, and it's, like, okay. Like, I'm, I'm not psychotic. But... But yeah, what yep. they do is she's laid the scene a certain way. There's like the, the typographical map is laid out. Yep. I know where I am. I feel really comfortable where I am. 
She's given me a good sense of place and meaning and belonging and rules for that place. And then she's like, psst, P.S. Actually, the rules are totally different from what you thought they were. And that gives me quite a bit of cognitive dissonance as a viewer. And then it makes everything not make sense. Like... She, and I, I think it's because her two main goals with this were to deal with some raw trauma of watching someone you love refuse to come out. But also, yeah. second goal, make it a happy ending. And those yeah. things are strange bedfellows. I get wanting to shoot your shot, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you, you have this movie to make. And so you both want to make, like, you think everyone deserves a happy movie again. And um, you also want to tell a really impactful story. And so you just try to do both and that doesn't work. They don't they don't they don't evenly flow into it. The happy ending would be Harper comes out. Abby walks away into the sunset to better things goes off in the horizon. That would be the happy ending. Well, because it would have had. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about this later. But like it would have had to have either been a dramedy. Where, you know, Abby walks, like, where it's, like, wistful, like, at the end, not, like, joyful, you know? Harper, your girl is lovely, and then she walks away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Actually, it would be be Abby, your girl is lovely, because it would be Harper who's the the, the complicated wild mare who needs to run around a lot now. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yep. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Mary, watching this movie six times. I have determined something about me. Uh, <laughs> it turns out maybe I don't like Christmas movies. Like, maybe I like movies that happen to occur on Christmas. Like, not to sound like a total dude bro, but maybe a Whitney family tradition is watching Die Hard, which is a movie that's inherently, like, it's about Christmas. Does it make you furious? Christmas. Does it make you furious that now watching Die Hard is sort of, like, more mainstream? It, that would make me absolutely furious. This is, like, it the time like- I... And found yes. out about the postal service six months before other people did. And then when people, the same people I recommended in high school came to me and were like, you should listen to postal service. I'll be like, I've been here. I was so mad. Yeah. 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 Mary knows that I've been doing, we've been doing this for literally decades. You've been doing this a um, long time. Definitely, but- definitely before like Die Hard would be like come up as a Christmas movie. Like yeah. definitively. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because my family my family are we're tastemakers. Um it it doesn't matter. Enough I'm so not, that when I you don't... told me you did it, I thought about it and I was like, huh, I guess it is a Christmas movie. Which now of course yep. I think it's like it's canon that you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. Anyway, but it's yeah. a movie that occurs around Christmas. Um and and while like I love you know, I love Christmas. I've got a big fake tree I'm gonna put together and put on some more ornaments and we're gonna post our tree photos for y'all um <clears throat> even even with all of uh all of that i'm probably gonna watch die hard while i do it because that's my tradition with me and uh before my design friends but you know pandemic you so you live your holiday culture and i'm just gonna say it i think everyone else is appropriating it anyway <laughs> well <laughs> mary saying. can you can you tell us a little bit since i clearly don't know what yeah. makes like a Christmas movie? I'm more familiar with Christmas. I'm not saying I'm a Christmas movie, f- like I, I'm, sure, I'm sure, not. Sure. A, I'm not. I'm not the Messiah of Christmas movies, but I <laughs> have watched a fair number of them. So I'm happy to share what I personally have observed in the Christmas Please. landscape. And I do want to preface this by saying that I expected Happiest Season to be a type of Christmas movie that I am probably the least familiar with, which is mm-hmm. light, romantic, Hallmark Lifetime christmas stuff which is typically not my wheelhouse but 
It turned out it wasn't, so I know more about it, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say that Christmas movies are, by and large, um, fairly conservative from a social perspective. We have lots of stories about people with grand ambitions and that that ambition is harmful to them in some way. And then they need to return to a place to be reminded of how important down home, family, love, values, blah, 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 power of Christmas, how important those things are, which I think is a pretty conservative type of story to tell. Then they're also very conventional from a storytelling perspective. You are not confused when you watch holiday movies about whether you're watching a comedy or a tragedy. If it's a comedy, it's going to end with weddings. And if it's a tragedy, it's going to end with funerals. It's very Shakespearean. Like, they're, not, they're very conventional. Yep. And I would argue that the truly great holiday films, the films that at least I really enjoy, and I, I think I have not, like, I'm not, like, blowing the lid here of <laughs> what is good holiday movies. I'm like, It's a Wonderful Life is a great movie. Yeah, um, no, that's a great movie. It's a great movie. Um, find ways of either breaking this mold outright or they twist one of those two like conservative social perspectives or um, conventional storytelling in a way that forces us to reflect on how we live our lives and what we value in our lives in a novel way. And so they distort that mold as much as they can, and that's usually why we remember them and why they're good. So It's a Wonderful Life definitely has, like, that conservative, like, you know, George Bailey wants to go out and explore and do great things, but actually it turns out that what he's been doing in his community is great, and that is the most important. That's a wonderful life for him, yeah. actually, yeah. right? Yeah. And w and that is, that's very conventional, except that it also massively pushes against capitalistic ideals. Like, that yes. is not – those are not – what we traditionally think of as like a, the American dream. And that's really cool in a movie of that type. I would say yeah. that the happiest season from the very basis of it is set up to also break the mold for the type of yeah. Christmas movie it is. Yeah. And I kind of think, I kind of think it doesn't. And that's why I think, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that when you're judging it on a curve, you probably think that this is like, a five, and then you're giving it a 2.5 on top yep. of it for yep. the queer yep. storytelling, is what I would guess yep. if I'm breaking down your grade. That's, that's about my estimate, I would assume, too. So I, I, I will say that my, you know, Megan watch Megan also liked Debs, though. You know, like, you can like queer things, yeah. you know. But yeah, I... Megan was like, yeah, there's some there's some real laughs in there. You know, it wasn't as bad as she expected. I think it probably wasn't as bad as you expected it to be with all the hype Correct. around how bad it was. Right? Correct. It was yeah. not. Yeah. No, I would, I, would give this a, I would give this a five out of five. Or five yeah. out of ten. Five out of ten. Like, five out of five? I'm like, man, 100%, amazing. Mary. No, five, five out of ten. I think that it's a very... Yeah, I'm sure I wouldn't give it a more but point five for, like, just some, some, some actual laughs. Like, an actual, you know, just, like, mm. just, just that little nudge. No? I, okay, I, think, I think the bad stuff it does are really bad, and the good stuff they do are good. <laughs> but, yeah. like, so I think Fair. it nets out to a five. Um, because yeah. I think it is, it conforms very strongly to a conservative and conventional storytelling mold. Yeah, Even when it itself knows it shouldn't. Like, anytime you yep. see John give Abby advice before he comes and rescues her and apparently loses his damn mind. Um, yeah, he's he's there speaking for the queer audience that's like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> right. So, like, it knows it shouldn't be doing it, but it does it anyway. 
this begs the question. So if it's not a mold breaker, it's going to yep. stick to its mold. What flavor of convention, of or what flavor of confection is popping out of this mold? And how does this movie measure up to other types? Other, how does it measure with oranges to oranges as opposed to apples and oranges? Which is what would you would be doing if you compared this movie to It's a Wonderful Life, right? Yep, yep. So, um, I would say that this is a uh, dysfunctional holiday, a holiday dysfunctional family dramedy. Um, mm-hmm. This lives alongside the two like heavyweights in this category, I think, are The Family Stone and This Christmas. Um, I did notice in the interview, or maybe a different interview I read with Mary Holland, she actually calls out The Family Stone. And I was like, why did you watch that and think we should do that? Um, I would even I agree. That was, that's a hard movie to watch. I think that this is less yeah. hard for me to watch, but it, th- you know, Family Stone this, is. Brutal. I also cried a fuck ton the first time I watched this movie. So like you yeah. know, gutting. Um, she also mentioned Home Alone, which when she mentioned it, I was like, but that movie's really fun. And then I rewatched it in between reading that interview and now recording today, and I was like, oh, I can see it. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, you just yeah, focused on all the parts awful. of, yeah, I was like, yeah. you just focused on all the parts of Home Alone that, like, I, like, casually forget <laughs> as yeah. I watch yeah. it. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yep. Um, But these are, uh, it falls with Family Stone, I think, in this Christmas more so because these are all stories where you have a bunch of adult siblings returning to their childhood home and having to square the realities of their real lives with the dysfunction and expectations of their familial unit, right? Once we all go back, we all have to fit into the boxes that our family unit is built on, and that does not jive with the people that we have become, right? So it's uncomfortable. And then everybody has a problem or a secret, and they're just trying to hide it. And then, of course, at the end, everything spills out in a big mess, only to then have your family ideally help you find solutions to your problems and also give you acceptance for the the shape that you are in now, not the shape that they wish you were in because that's what you were like as a child or how they molded you to be as a child. And then we get a scene at the end of rewarding this newfound raw familial intimacy that you have discovered by enjoying everyone, where everyone is just casually and usually like um, non-verbally usually there's just sort of music playing over the top enjoying each other's company while they're lit by the rosy glow of a tree all of this i think yep. should sound very familiar to you based on yep. what we saw in happiest season right yep yep so i think that family stone is a really brutal movie to watch it's like oh, it's not enjoyable yes. for me to watch um no. but it does do a few things right righter than this, I think it understands that it's Mary, very. How Im- dare you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think it understands it's very important for us to have some sympathy for the family and not just the outsider, who is Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah. so that it's a little bit more balanced. So that you aren't just watching like you aren't just watching them like wail on her for an hour and yeah. a half because it's not fun. Yeah. Instead, you only have sympathy for Jane. So like it doesn't yeah. really work because you're like. Well, Jane, yeah. even in the movie, is canonically an outlier. So, like, you know, yeah. Right. And I think that because it commits, I think, strongly to being a tragedy, it ends in a funeral and a wedding, right? hmm hmm I think that the ending, the rules it sets up in its little, pri- its little privilege bubble 
make more sense. So as you watch it, you are set up for the blows that you are consuming as a viewer versus yep. having them be sucker punches. <laughs> so I think that that's yeah. why, even though it is a harder movie for me to watch, I'm like, yeah, but it it kind of knows more what it is, you know? So yeah. Yeah, it can be unpleasant by itself. I don't necessarily yeah. want to watch it, but okay. At least it's at least I think it's shooting it's shooting for something in the more of the right direction. Somebody loves it, I guess. I don't know. And then <laughs> um and then this Christmas is just like a lot more fun because it takes its drama to like a Shonda Rhimes level of soapy yeah. drama. <laughs> like it's yeah. really heightened. Yeah. Um and then I think it's just like overall much funnier than this movie. Like its, it's humor is better and mm-hmm. it gives us more. There's just like a, there are characters in this that I really like. This Christmas has like double that number of characters. Like there's no character I really hate except for like the the bad guys. Like and even then there are bad guys that you kind of like. So yeah. I think it understands that the likability of is important in this story. So it's just structurally this Christmas is a better movie overall, by far. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's... So I think that, like, in comparison to those, in summation, um, Happiest Season kind of biffs it in two different categories. Um, the characters, the family, Harper's family, Tipper, Ted, Sloan, Harper, are unrelentingly toxic to Abby and each other throughout the film. And then as opposed to having there be some, like, moment of, like, extreme reckoning for that injustice, we don't really get that. Instead, everyone's given a happy ending. And that just feels weird, even in a holiday film, where we kind of expect things to end in a safe place. You don't feel safe, necessarily, at the end of this film. And that's why it's weird, even as if you carry it to its other oranges... It's an it's a it's a weird one, <laughs> you know, and not in a way that is particularly great. It's not like it's a blood orange surprise. It's a blood orange hooray. Instead, it's like oh, it's it just there's something off. It doesn't taste quite right. So it's kind of yeah. unfortunate. You know, uh, this is this is where I I kind of have my notes about like how we've shoved two movies together, and it's something I think we'll have to say a couple more times. Um, Clay Duvall, uh, I don't think in the interview that we will be linking um, somewhere else. Just Google it. You'll find it. Said that she wrote the story because because she had, like, lived it. And, um... Which is great. We want people to tell their stories. My take is... Yeah. uh, I don't think that that's who she married. She's married (laughs) happily. She talks about it all the time in the... Like, so, like, it's fine that you lived that, but, like, don't pretend like that was your fairy tale. So like it's weird to me. I get I I get it. You you got a you're making a lesbian movie. You got a budget. Straight people want coming out stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of feel like they need them. You're mm-hmm. trying to be really generous with your audience. I get all of that. But then you promise me a lesbian, um, a holiday rom com. Me and, and intellectual. What you give me instead? Yeah, <laughs> me and intellectual. Someone wanting just something light and fun and instead what i get is like we're about to dig into the identity and belonging and like it's just a fucking nightmare and like let me just 
the second thing it falls into as a trap is the fact that it's like positioning how like hard it is to be gay, which, okay, sometimes it's really hard to be gay. If you're listening to this and you are queer and you have experienced like hardships, I am not trying to diminish that. But also sometimes it's really fucking lovely and easy to be gay. Like, you know, like I imagine <laughs> one of my favorite TikToks that went around was like, can you imagine being straight right now? Like it's 2020 and you're straight. And like, that's only probably funny if you're queer. But, you know, whatever. It was funny. Um, so I, I think that's real funny. quick. That's Thank funny. you. Yeah. Well, you're not straight, though. We've already talked, yeah, about, already this. talked um, about this. So, like, here's I'm just going to tell you all the timestamps. Until the 10 minute mark, we get some Christmas hijinks. Kind of. Like, retroactively, like, those Christmas hijinks are, like, really traumatic, but great. Well, and also, um, you watch them and you're like, I'm sorry, is she, is she kink shaming that reindeer? <laughs> I mean, no, I think, I think it's more like, I'm sorry, did your girlfriend just, like, trick you into climbing up on her roof and then just, like, leave and not notice you had fallen off like okay yeah Um, you know what we should have known from the jumps that harper was a sociopath no you just thought it was hijinks and shenanigans i just thought it was goofy yeah i thought this was like some clark griswold level yes national vacation i thought exactly it's like a perfect reference and then that's the end of it because after 10 minutes you have an hour and a half of trauma <laughs> it's like well it's like well we gave you a really nice we gave you a really nice gentle easy amuse-bouche now it's time for you to eat some bitter pills you have oh, some you have a terrible family treating a fish out of water lesbian just awful and then you have a christmas movie maybe like for two minutes in the middle there while like the three daughters are all like having like a fight in front of everyone like maybe you could call that the christmasy part um but I would argue it's that, tough, um, that you that we actually get is uh, seven minutes of a Christmas movie after the hour and 30. Because after seven minutes, the credits roll. Guys, I, I scrubbed it. I timed it. All right. So I just wanted you all to know that's that's the reality of what we're dealing with. <clears throat> this is this is the cut. that This is the cut that is there for us, which is not yes. even worth making because it's seven minutes long. Anyway, um, I get. Well, I mean, like the coming my out. Fa- my favorite, se- one of my favorite scenes lives within that like hour and thirty minutes, but it's like a brief, yeah. refreshing a breath little of reprieve. Air. Is it the drag? Is it the drag bar? Of course, it's the drag bar. Yeah, drag and so we'll get bar. into it because uh, like, Jinx you know, Monsoon and Bendela Creme are delivering. Yeah. Are de- and and what I love actually about showcasing them in this movie is that they do. A Christmas spectacular every year. They've been doing it for years and years and years. This is not like, this is not just like, let's jam in a couple of drag queens for like, you know, as like kind of like a queer touch point or like, yeah, or like. Although to be fair, like the diff, like the difference between like hanging out with an out, like the way that this movie models the difference between hanging out with an out lesbian. Where you get to go to is that you get to go to drag bars and have a good bar? time and get a real drink, or, or be with a closeted lesbian where you get dragged to a bar called Fratties. Fratties, oh yeah, where they make you do shots while saying eyes, eyes, eyes over and over again. Um, is just it's it's fucking yeah. It's, Guess which it, one is my personal hell. Um, right, right, same. Um, I uh, <laughs> yeah, just. just Go ahead. I, I get the instinct. So, like, the coming out of it all, I knew it was going to, I mean, like, it's it was clear in the trailer that it was going to be a coming out story. I got that. I did yes, not think yes. it was going to be traumatic in this way. No. But, and I, and, and I, 
and and I don't necessarily even blame it being a coming out story because I get the instinct that to tell a story that cannot be told about a heterosexual couple and coming out or having to explain yourself like if you know you started where you're talking about like is there a is there a a hetero version of this story and I was like well hmm, kind of but it's dark and also and it's it's, hard for there to be because it's an inherently queer story right exactly exactly um so I understand that as like kind of like a, a a moment of authenticity and also saying like these are the types of people we're telling this story about. I totally get that. I remember having similar feelings about the movie Brokeback Mountain when it came out, which mm-hmm. is I felt like we were going to be sold a sweeping romantic cowboy epic. That's what I thought Brokeback Mountain was going to be like. Okay, I I don't I definitely had different expectations going into Brokeback Mountain. So I'm thought, really sorry for you, Mary. I thought it was gonna I be. I thought it was gonna be tragic as fuck because it seemed like, like I th- the, the, I tra- was... the trailers were these two men alone in the mountains. I'm like, well, oh, no, nothing. I nothing thought good it was happens. well. That, that could be okay though. But I thought it was gonna be like giant, but with gay men. That's what I thought yeah, it was gonna sure, be like. Sure, sure, sure. I thought it was. <laughs> And instead, and so, like, even just, like, them not talking in the mountains, which drove me nuts through the film, to be honest with you, because I was just like, please say something. Say Um, words. Say words. Don't just fuck. Yeah. Well, that's fine, but, like, also say words. Maybe say words at the same time. just. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It focused so laser pointedly on like pain and the pain not only the pain that these guys were in but the pain that they inflicted on other people (laughs) to like do what they were doing that it's sort of like if all heterosexual rom-coms if all if not all rom-coms in general were about breaking up with your high school girlfriend or boyfriend like it's a culturally significant moment it happens to most people yep but it also, like, in the broad ocean of your life is, like, a Dixie cup. Like, it's a part of a larger story about your so identity that... and sexuality. And, like, and, and so, like, I don't mind getting the Dixie cup, but I also want the ocean. Like, give me everything. I want it all. And we get that as heterosexual people. And y'all deserve it, yep. too, is what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I The only yes and I'd have to that is that what's... You, every story you tell about queer people could have some element of coming up because in sure. reality we are constantly negotiating that space and it's not something you ever stop doing you come out a thousand times that makes but, sense. like we don't have to have like that like that hard traumatic family like don't like I still sometimes find myself holding my breath when I'm like and you know when I my ex-partner she and I you know just to like level set because like you don't know you don't know a client on a call did that, like, uh, and I, everyone else on the call was a straight dude, and it was so subtle, I couldn't just dive in and be like, me too, but I wanted to, and everybody instead just smiled real broadly, and, like, and, so, and you could tell, like, she relaxed, and it was all fine, but it was just, like, I I felt so much for her, so, like, yes, it is just a blip, but it's also, like, a blip that has, happens a thousand times, just not all of those thousands of times are traumatic, and with you know? the same people, like yeah, because like that's a yeah, wonderful, like, that's a wonderful yeah. yes and and I and I agree, like yes, obviously, yes, yeah, awesome, but like 
it always seems like it's like the first time you come out. Yeah, you have to do like, like the worst situation. Yeah. yeah, like like the people who like you would hate it the most instead of it being like like Mary and I talked about like what are what are the funny like and, and we'll talk about what we what we wish the movie was, but like what we thought it would be, like maybe the family all knows that she's gay, but like she thinks that they don't know, you know, um, or like. They find out nobody cares and it was all a silly misunderstanding. You know, like, that's what I assumed when I heard I was getting a fluffy Christmas rom-com that had a yeah. coming out I mean, I wanted, it. like, a French farce. I wanted it to be a thing where, like, as Harper's going to the house, she's like, they don't know I'm gay. Like, they don't know I'm gay. You got you can't, like, out me that I'm gay. And then um, have, like, Mary Steinberg immediately, like, take Abby's arm and be like, she thinks we don't know she's gay. And, like, we just really want to respect her process. So you can't let her know that we know that she's gay. But we do know that she's gay. We all know that she's gay. Like, yeah. I wanted, like, that level. And then have Abby be like, ah, and, like, have to negotiate that weirdness. Yep. Would have been yeah. very funny, and I would have enjoyed it. Like, I expected that kind of goofiness, or at the very Shenanigans least... Shenanigans and hijinks. Or at the very least, like, maybe maybe just everything is, like, really heightened. Like, the closest it comes yep. to is that scene where um, the whole family, like, troops into Abby's room, which I also hated. I was like, they don't think of her as they a person. No respect for this woman. They don't yeah. think she's a person at no. all. Like, they just don't give a crap. Like, it was so offensive. But I could see there being a way to make it a scene, like, like maybe the, the bathroom was flooding and there's, like, water coming out and they're like, Abby, we're coming in! And she's like, ah! And, like, has to, like, work it. Like, you could make that scene work and yeah. have it be really funny and weird. Yep. Instead, it was, like, very tense. And I was very upset for, <laughs> for Abby through the whole thing because I'm like, I wouldn't want... Well, my and partner's family trooping in while I'm like just woke up. Like that's horrible. She's also wearing um a white rib tank top, lesbian staple, um, with no bra. <laughs> yeah. I don't like being around my housemate without a bra. Like, I don't like wearing a bra, but like I don't like like you can visibly tell she's not wearing like yeah. that is so vulnerable and uncomfortable and people like her father is just walking it like yeah. Guys, fuck off. She just woke up. What the hell are you doing? Leave her alone. Yeah, I think we're at identity and belonging. Uh, I've already said that this movie is uh, truly death by a thousand cuts um, because we have to watch Abby, who, like, you love. She's cute and earnest and loves her girlfriend and has other friendships. So, like, we know she's, like, a likable person. And she goes into this terrible environment where she has to, like, to quote... Dan Levy, um, when she's like, it's not so bad. It's kind of fun having a secret about the fact that the family doesn't know. And he says, yeah, I mean, there's nothing more erotic than concealing your authentic self. And <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's fucking sad. It sucks. Yeah. Um, well, and in between Abby, Harper and Riley, there are so many flavors of queer trauma. Like peek behind the curtain about me. <clears throat> I watched this. And, like, I probably have some Harper baggage, but it's nothing I'm going to, like, it's nowhere near what Harper has. And, like, it's it's nothing I'm ever going to, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, if I really, you did, to Abby. Your, spoiler alert, your life would have a higher body count, by the way. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, no, but I related to Abby um, a bit. Like, I had an ex whose extended family she wasn't out to. Like, I think that they all probably maybe assume, like, you know, but whatever. It was uncomfortable and it sucked. And it's funny because I talked to that ex because we're lesbians and therefore we're friends. And she was really triggered by the Riley stuff because she had that happened to her. Uh, someone who she was 
dating people found out and she just like blamed it on her and outed her was she the riley in the scenario or the harper she in was the, the riley oh she like awful. yeah so so my ex was like the riley in the scenario and so like what i'm saying is it's so funny because there are so many flavors of queer trauma that can hurt you in this movie <laughs> 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 if it doesn't get you coming it'll get you going <laughs> yeah jesus um, you know so uh uh, on top of that, we have who like, hasn't Harper hurt? Let's like that's, yes. a, that's a list that could be made, and it would be well, short. Well, and and so you can also look at who's hurting Harper and Abby, which is Harper's family. Yeah, like okay, so her dad's running for mayor. Mary pointed this out to me. I think I was choosing not to see it the first two or three times I watched it. Um, you don't know what political party he's a part of. It's what? not acceptable in twenty twenty. It's not no. acceptable. In fact, no. I, we'll get into this in the problem. A, I have a if whole... he's a Republican, then this then this is like the white affluent like queer like <sighs> we don't need to take care of other people. We don't believe in intersectional and, and I it, that's not what it is. We have Dan Levy speaking truth to power about like compulsory heteronormativity. I I think he is. I I mean like I have some pretty I have some smoking guns that after I've considered it and discussed it All with right, other t- people. Tell me your tell me your smoking guns. He is courting. Um, that donor, right? Throughout, mm-hmm. that's the whole mm-hmm. reason that everyone needs to be like absolutely perfect. This whole movie, and when she calls him on Christmas morning, also may I yeah. point out, mm-hmm. and says like, "This doesn't need to be a problem as long as Harper will will take on a don't ask, don't tell mentality," mm-hmm. which means that to this woman, being gay is on the same level of bad as exotic animal smuggling which is what the child of another person she almost backed did and made her ditch out. So, which, you know, exotic yeah. animal smuggling is an actual crime and objectively yeah. animal cruelty. That hurts other people. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's pretty inescapable that these people are not Democrats. Like, I don't think you would have that in a Democrat, even the most mealy-mouthed neolib, I don't think would be like, your gay daughter's a problem. And well, this and is a donor. that makes Harper probably a Republican. Is she log cabin? I because mean, like... Because he's showcasing her and her articles that she writes. Unless, yep. unless, like, she's, like, a showpiece of, like, I have a liberal daughter I get along with and she's so brilliant. And no so, way. Like, you know, no whatever. way. But no yeah, way. that doesn't seem to be the shape so, of it because they want her to wear a uniform. Like they give her an early Christmas present. That's a it's a beautiful black dress. Like whatever. But yeah. Like, yeah. But it's a weird moment because like you definitely can tell like that's not something she would have picked that's up a, for that's herself. A straight uniform. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. and and also we now are led to like so that suggests to me, and I would even say a moderate Republican would not have a problem with a gay child. Dick Cheney and Mary Cheney made it work for like to this uh, day i think that they were so evil that like it comes around you well, know like, it's because it comes they around don't actually social. they don't actually have any morals they don't actually yeah. care it's just like but anyway right. that's a whole other conversation but i think we are to believe that tipper and ted are the worst are at least pitching to the worst kinds of conservatives yeah like and yet we reward them with a gay pride parade at the end like so hey ted are you an anti-masker do you support racist politics like that yeah. whole stump speech, and also this is my other smoking gun. That whole stump speech he gives about not letting corrupting forces into your community. What would that be if he was yeah. a Democrat? Like, what yeah. are we talking about? So why exactly yeah. am I glad that he wins being the mayor? Like, I'm not. Like, well, well, why are we concerned about this family at all? Yes, at 
Mila Mil said, oh, my God, we laughed out loud. A multi-million dollar home. Quote, I spent all our savings on campaign uh-huh. for mayor. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, but that, like, that whole, this doesn't, it also doesn't need to be this way. Like, no. if that call had a better lesson for everybody and a better end, honestly, especially since the family's like, we don't care if you don't, you're not the mayor. So, like, Ted needs to fall back. So fit your mold. Go back into your mold and understand that family and love is more important than your ambition, Ted. This is a st- if you were a woman, this yes. is what would happen to you, Ted. So yeah, you would get yeah, you would get dinged, and you would go back to being like yeah, a mom. Go back to so, being a dad. So why like, does he get rewarded? Yeah, so like a better lesson would be when he's talking to that donor, whose actress I do not remember her name, but I love her and everything, and I hated her in this yeah. role because she's so funny and like it was just like a waste. Yeah, waste. Yeah, but. She should be like, I couldn't care less if your daughter is gay. (laughs) Like, I don't care about that. But your family is a hot mess and you need to focus on them. And I don't think you taking on more political responsibility makes sense for you right now, bro. And then Ted would like maybe take that in and maybe he would step down from running for mayor and just be like, you know, I'm going to be a really good city councilman. That's what I'm going to do right now. Or maybe he would go on to lose and he would be like, you know, this is fine because this actually gives me more time with my family. Like, that is the that is the molded story arc that we expect there, and that's why his happy ending feels so wrong, I think, to me. Yep. Additional, additionally, I'm really peeved <laughs> that Ted and Tipper basically just check their homophobia because they realize somebody they already love is a gay person. And yep. therefore... And, but, it's fine. And, it's and fine for their daughter. Right. And therefore, that makes them good people? Like, No. no. I demand no. intersectionality. <laughs> like, are yep. we be- like? I am not going to watch a movie and be happy for Dick and Mary Cheney. No. Nope. Nope. Well, and okay, so I'm yes, glad we touched on the family, and I will also say that I think that like that closing, like one of the final scenes in the Christmas montage, is the father does finally come down, and it would have been more impactful if he was only feeling weird about Harper coming out, but Sloan also admitted that like she had been separated for a while, so that he gives a speech that's like. I love my family, you know, no matter where their love comes from or whatever. And it's like, mm, that's that. It That doesn't really mean anything when you're applying it to like everyone. So like it just didn't, you know, mean a lot to me. But let's 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 zoom in on. Um, I also hated that it was like a big deal when he came down. I thought I was like the way to fix this would be is if he came in from another room, he was like, and especially also you could have made fun of the fact that they're so rich. He could have been like, I was in the at the East Wing tree. I thought that that's the tree where we're opening. I made everybody waffles. Like, and it was just like very goofy yeah. and silly. And he's yeah. like, of he course got up I early don't care. And decided to do something nice. Yeah, yeah. totally. Anything, yeah. anything else? We need to dig into Abby Harper and Riley. But yep. I feel like I want to do the definitive list of the deal breakers. Oh, please, between, do. Uh, Abby and <laughs> please, Harper. Please do. Before we go into this, because like otherwise I'm just gonna be tiptoeing around them. So mm, this is a queer and toxic relationship. That's my biggest beef, honestly, with this movie. Um, they take a queer toxic relationship and they act like it's fine. Um, again, this is probably the most sharing I've done about me uh, on our podcast. But I tried to propose to a girlfriend. Uh, realized that we weren't in that place waited 10 months couples counseling all that got engaged and you know what it didn't work out so I'm biased against this ending um just to start but here's my list of to quote Liz Lemon uh that's a deal breaker ladies uh Mm -hmm. if your girlfriend has been lying to you for half of your relationship 
about coming up to her parents and you being known by her parents. What is that, Mary? That's a deal breaker, ladies. If your girlfriend stands by while everyone who meets you reminds you about the pain of having lost both your parents. Jesus Christ, that's a deal breaker, ladies. <laughs> if your girlfriend abandons you constantly with your vaguely homophobic family to get to further her dad's conservative political career. Also hers. That's a deal breaker, ladies. That's a deal breaker, ladies. Uh, if she exiles you to fend for yourself, but doesn't seem to care how you get around until she realizes that you, one of the ways you're getting around is by becoming friends with someone she once dated and then outed. That's a deal breaker, ladies. And also while you are hanging out with your ex-boyfriend, so you're actually just projecting all yes. that shit back on her. Yeah. Exactly. If she stays out until 2 a.m. with her ex-boyfriend. And doesn't text you. That's a deal breaker, ladies. Also, the fact that she doesn't trade rooms with you, so she sleeps in the weird, um, the weird person. Everything. Everything's dungeon. awful. The fact Keep that going. she gaslights you the next morning and says that you're suffocating her. Ugh. That's a goddamn deal breaker, ladies. Yep. If she's all over said boyfriend, if after telling you she doesn't want to lose you, and she knows she will if she doesn't come out to her family. And here I'm going to quote at Fig Widow. I can't stop thinking about the scene where she goes, "What?" I'm not a lesbian in front of her girlfriend and is still in the relationship at the end because that's a deal breaker, ladies. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is why we have this, what feels probably in the moment, like harsh and unfortunate, a line where we have John saying, so stop being a doormat, you fool. But you know what? It's an important line. It's when we need it. So um, <clears throat> yep. now that we have... Oh, Mary, do you have do you have more you would like to add to, to the list of uh, Harper's just inherent like just i fucking shittitude i think also it needs to be said if your relation if you taking your significant other home can be compared to get out but maybe even less kind that is a deal breaker yeah (laughs) oh man like yep you don't want to be Allison Williams in that story. And I actually think that when Allison Williams is pretending that she doesn't just want to straight up murder her boyfriend or allow her family to murder her boyfriend, um, that she's actually better. She has better chemistry. And is definitely better. better definitely better chemistry. And also is like better at the things you would do if you wanted to show someone that you were pretending to care. Like, yeah. Like, when, like, the thing that chills me the most is occasionally Abby would be like, whoa, like, something crazy will happen. Like, a great example of this is um, Harper interacting with Sloane first thing in the morning. And Abby comes in and is, like, outright, like, whoa, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> like, wow, I was not ready for that, and now I'm facing it, and what? And I need more from you right now. Yeah, yeah. Instead of, <laughs> instead of even, like, giving her anything or even, like, brushing it off she's just like i have no idea what you're talking about what yeah you have no idea that that relationship is very uncomfortable like you should have had a dossier on the way in that's like listen this is my sister sloan she and i have incredible tension because i am clearly the favorite but she wants to be the favorite and everyone's a real dick to her all the time because she changed her career to something they think is less meaningful so they make it seem like she's just like the perfect the perfect housewife when actually she's an independent business owner and has a lot of problems (laughs) like like no 
Like, that would be the thing. Or or even if you're just like, yeah, my sister's kind of a bitch to me all the time, and I'm kind of a bitch back, and that's that's just our dynamic. So that's sorry if that's sorry if that's real tough for you to watch. Because good God, it was tough for me to watch, and I wasn't even there. Yep. <sighs> yep. Like, that's a deal breaker. You need mm-hmm. people... You need people who will empathize with you enough to be like, hey, this might be a weird situation for you, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up. You have this weird dynamic where you have uh, Riley, played by Aubrey Plaza, who is just delightful. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm surprised I haven't sung her praises yet. Like, you've got some great performances in this, but, like, there's not a moment that she's on screen where she doesn't, like, crackle, you know? Um, and And you have this kinship this belonging that happens when these two lesbians meet. And that's so real. This like way that you're magnetized to the other queer person in the space where you're otherwise like isolated. Like it's kind of wild and it's special and it's nice. And it's so good to get that moment because that is the kind of identity and belonging that's fun to celebrate. It's just like really hard because like you immediately get it juxtaposed again and again with like Abby being hurt constantly. And it's just like, it's just hard. Like, you know, and, and, and Harper only really caring because she's jealous and that, and that sucks too. And yet Mm. you have Harper getting outed by her sister, which is the fucking worst. Like, so it's not even like that moment where she's like, what? I'm not a lesbian. Like as much as I like that, that was the moment for me where I'm like, like that was, that was irredeemable. On the sixth time watching it, the gas station scene where like they decide to stay together, like it, you know. I felt something real in that moment. But um, every time before that, I had not. Mary said it worked the first time. But, like, I just. uh, When they were meeting and it was snowing and then, like, and Abby hesitates. And I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, you should. No. Yeah. 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 And then she looks at John and John's like, go for it. And I was like, no, wait a minute. No, 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 no. (laughs) Like. Yeah. No, don't have the realist. Don't have the don't have like the audience. Don't have like, the the, the, queer audience, av- the queer audience avatar. Yeah, yeah, like signing off on this. We all know it's shit. <laughs> like, we all know yeah. this is wrong. Like, yeah. it, I think if he wasn't there, the scene would actually work better because it would it wouldn't have been so like tacitly a sign off on it. You could have just been like, well, this is how <laughs> yeah. these movies end. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. No, I I agree. Um. Yeah. So so you like Harper's being outed like like I I feel for her because like I have said before on this podcast and we'll probably say again when we talk about queer shit when you come out is your choice um you have to do it when it's safe when you're financially independent all that stuff but you know this fucking sucks and yeah and so there's this beautiful moment where we get Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart as Abby and Riley run into each other and Abby's been really really hurt by Harper for like the millionth time and is like I really would like to drink some alcohol do you know where I can do that and you have this moment of like just queer joy in a drag bar and I'd like to um read read and read a quote from an autostraddle article because I I identified with this so fucking strongly the only time I felt a sparkle of a holiday rom-com energy in the film was the scene with Riley and Abby singing with drag queens. That was beautiful. I'd watch a whole movie that took place in that scene, to be honest. Honestly, I think that that's what I'm saying when I'm like, I like to spend time in this glossy movie. What I think of, and I made us two gifts, guys, I'm going to share with you all. <laughs> a 
of of the scene because it's lovely is just like this moment of joy. It's just unfortunately buried in a movie where, you know, Harper treats Abby like shit. It's buried in a lot of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and I feel for Abby because like, I think she like genuinely is super in love with this person, but like, you know, give her a couple of years to get some better self-esteem. Anyway. uh, Also, they don't give us enough time with them. Like we, we like, you have to pay attention to the opening credits in order to see the joyful moments of their relationship. You know, that they've been together for a year. Like that's, that's that's weak. That's lazy. That that sucks. You know, and it's not even photos. It's illustrations. So like, it's even less compelling for you to visually watch. You know. Yeah. No, it's really rough. I like the scene in the drag bar too. Um, it, it is. It is really. It's really fun, and it's like the first time. I mean, like that's really kind of the problem. I think the parts where the parts the damage they do to you throughout this movie makes it really difficult to enjoy it when the family starts having fun together. So you need an outside source. I mean, I think yeah. that's why we have such like a, a cry where they're like, she should have ended up with Riley. And I get it. I totally do. I kind of am like, I think that Abby, what I'm like, she should have ended up with a therapist is actually how I feel about Abby. Cause I'm like, yeah. and I'm also like, and Riley, like, we don't know. We kind of don't know anything that's going on with Riley. Like, it would not surprise me if Riley has, like, a couple girlfriends that she's, like, working in her real adult life. We, she's kind of on the edge. So I yeah. don't necessarily need them to get together to, no, like, I'm make... No, I'm fine with it being friendship. Yes, yes be... they have good chemistry because yes. they're both, you know, gorgeous and and and, and uh, say what you want about K-Steel, but boy can she do a lot with just some weird smoldering looks you know like she she's good at nonverbal, is what i'm saying yeah she's a very she's a very subtle she she excels in a dramatic role she's a good a subtle actress so and it's fun to see her with aubrey plaza because she's also kind of has that sort of like a little bit left of center like she's she's a little bit of an oddball type of actress so it's good to see them together and they played off each other really really well Um, it's just, I kind of think that, I don't think that we are led to believe that, um, Riley is a Lisa Vanderpump broken bird person, but when she meets Abby, Abby is a broken bird at that point because she's so beaten down. So I think that a lot of her, a lot of her reaction to her while there is sexual chemistry, I think is also just like downright human empathy. a friend. Yeah. yeah, and is like, and is like care. Like when she pats her in the leg, is like, I'm gonna find you a real drink. I was like, so kind and nice. Like, well, and that's the thing. Like when Harper's like, is this because of Riley? And she's like, no, Harper, it's because of you. Like it has nothing to do with Riley, and that's true. Like, yes, of course. Almost every lesbian who signed off on this, like, was like, hey, I wish that uh, Aubrey Plaza and Case Two had gotten together. You know, and I get that. But also, while watching it, like, I knew what genre we were watching. And I don't want Abby to be the kind of fickle person who was one second going to marry someone. The next second, like, is, like, what? Like, if if it were to follow, like, the arc, like, gets engaged to Riley instead. Like, that's stupid. You know? Like, that's yeah. not that's not the movie we were watching. I just, it would have been, like, would I have liked for them to, like, walk, like drive away together? And then maybe in the post credit scene, they're at Pride and they run into Harper, who's dealt with her shit and is there with someone else. And, like, her family is nearby, you know? Like, that would have been something. 
You know? We wanted a three-way. We wanted a three-way meeting in the middle of like a snowy, picturesque town square, and they all simultaneously say to each other, "Your girl is lovely." That's what we wanted. <laughs> we wanted them all to be with different people and and recognize and appreciate that they've all come a long way and are doing well. That's what we wanted, or that's what yep. I wanted. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I don't. <sighs> I just don't know. <laughs> I just. Um. Um, I will say uh, part of the toxicity to me also, I think, and this is kind of going looping back to comments about like the burden that's put on the community to accept yep. this movie, um, is another part of that interview for an L that bugged me was when CDV says that the criticism of this movie is more about, and I quote, your philosophy on forgiveness and growth oh than the God. actual story. Oh my God. My blood boiled. I guess my philosophy on forgiveness and growth is that I actually need to see growth and then feel love to forgive. And a crummy little photo montage at the end doesn't cut it. And also, and also part of. One year later, and we're sitting and watching. You know what would have been great is if, like, it had been like, It's a Wonderful Life is something I used to watch every year with my family, and everybody knew that, and, like, they were going to see that together because, like, because that was was a for Abby thing, and the whole family cares about Abby, you know? Like, that would have been something, but they didn't do that. You also, you also, as a creator, need to be able to accept genuine criticism, and it's very hard. I, yeah. I am a creator on a much lower scale than CDV sure. is. Yeah. But you have to not just gaslight your audience into no. thinking that they're the ones with the problem when I think that this movie really does have a problem. Like it's it's a it's a problem. And it's a problem. it bugs me to be like, well, I guess you're just not evolved enough to understand my movie. But like, is that is what I gather from that comment? Yeah. Like and and also, I feel like this is something when you mentioned, uh, like, is she potentially out of touch? I mean, she's been famous most of her life. So, like, the answer to that question is almost certainly yes, because yeah. that's, like, inherent in famous people always, yep. all the time. But, um, but like, I, I feel like we've come, we've, we have as a nation been struggling with this idea and, and specifically in this position where it's like, what if my ideals don't match up? with the people that I love or what if my yep. ideals don't match up with the people I share blood with and like how do you how do you reckon with that and I think that the place we've arrived at is not so much is is one where it's like well you have to you have to actually work on it like you have to work to yeah. get to get something that's yeah. meaningful and a place of respect and mutual understanding and if you don't, if you just don't talk about it, or you just decide that you're going to blindly, blindly, ex- like, kind of accept that everyone has difference of opinions, then you're that terrible meme where it's like, Ben is a conservative. Mary is a yeah. liberal. They can still yeah. be friends. And you're yeah. like, yeah, no, <laughs> only if they're both middle class or up and white. <laughs> like, no, yeah. that's not. But also, even, like, also... I mean, unless you just don't care about intersectionality or even, like, yeah. your own identity. Like, I don't think you can be queer. I- Ugh! Yeah. I, it's, it, this this movie, I feel like, comes from a place of such, like... Privilege. Toxic privilege. Like, toxic privilege that I think it it's just... It's not of this time. It's just yep. not. It's it's So it is a fish out of water in the place we are historically right now. 
which I like that. I like that as a read. Yeah. Um, which is sad, but I, I think that it would be important. I think it's important to say because as much as we need to consume and we need to support media that represents the people we want to see and the stories we want to hear, we also have to be like, no, <laughs> about the parts of it that are bad, you know? Yeah. We do that all the time on this show. That's our whole job. That's our whole job. This is a side piece. I think, I think we could, we could have spent the entire podcast talking yes. about this. And it's so, just too much. But it's just too much. It's too much, and there's so much to unpack, and a lot of it, I think, um, taps into stuff that where I would get into pure speculation because it's something that makes me very angry. But it is not okay in the movie in 2020 where you have biracial children to represent those children as freaks. That is a racist thing to do, and it, and it is explicit in this. Those children are strange. They have, they do terrible things to Abby throughout the story. Yeah, that's more my issue is, like, they have them, like, doing terrible things. Like, I don't know about freaks, but, like, definitely, like, like delinquent, like, maniacal. Maniacal. They're maniacal children. Yes. Scheming, evil children. Yes. Which is bad. But also... Like, I think at the end, we're supposed to see that it's because they are weird. Like, they have that, like, weird murder birthday. <laughs> Remember in the credits? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just assume that whoever conceived of this has not talked to a lot of biracial people. Because sure. the biracial people that have that have graced me <laughs> with talking about what it's like to be a biracial child are like, it's real tough. Like, everywhere you go, people stare at you because they're trying to figure out what you are and who, how you fit in. And the only way you survive is by being very aware of your space and trying to fit in. Like, yeah. that's all you do. And so to have these characters and be like, they're so weird and they do so much, they do all this bad stuff. I'm like, that is A, inaccurate and B, yeah. very hurtful to people yeah. who are biracial and yeah. also not fair. Like... I mean, yeah. I understand a lot of Christmas movies play with this. Like, I mean, a, an exa- an excellent example is Home Alone with Fuller. He's like a weird mm-hmm. little kid. Like, I get, I think they're, that's what they're going for is like weird little kids in Christmas yeah. movies. Totally. But don't do it this way. This is racist, nope. dudes. Dudes, yeah. Dude, that's racist. <laughs> it's yeah. really racist. And I also think it's really, it's strange. I thought that they were going to do something with this where when Harper is like, when, when it becomes clear to Sloan that Harper is gay, Sloan could be like, well, you know, mom and dad were really weird when I brought home my now black husband who I'm now divorcing. Right. Yeah, like, it could have been a moment. I, I could have leaned into it that way instead. To not even mention it. Like yeah, no. they don't even they don't even it's just like glossed like, over. They pretend like that'd be normal. Except yep. except for mentioning that, like, they clearly like to showcase their like. Yeah. Mixed race family. Yeah. So it's weird. I, but I remember that being a scene. And then like, I think like Abby's like, what? <laughs> which is, which is funny. And I laughed at because it was yeah. uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, no, that's really messed up. I hated the whole treatment of that. Um, yeah. I did feel like they were telegraphing it to us throughout the film that her husband, that Sloan's husband might be gay or queer. And then oh, I didn't, I didn't read that. And then, like, when he ended up with a woman, that was strange. And then I also love that Sloan's like, and the worst part is we're getting divorced. I'm like, no, the worst part is that 
you might be already separated. That's fine. But he is like hooking up with your dad's campaign manager. <laughs> like what? In How the tiny? house where you are. How in, tiny? In, in the family's house during a party. Like, come on, dude. How tiny is this world? I thought he was going to end up with the campaign manager's like assistant guy, who I also thought we were being telegraphed was queer. I think we were telegraphed was queer, but like unclear. Yeah. Um. yeah. But then, then nothing was done with it. Nothing at all was done with it um very strange i i hated the treatment of race in this movie a lot i just didn't i thought it was tone deaf and i don't think they had a handle on it at all and i think in 2020 if you're not going to have a handle on that or have people who are in charge of having a handle on that and help you get it right you shouldn't do it yep i i i agree and i'm then i'm grateful for you to speak for it to that um, we've talked about a lot of things that were problematic, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna here insert some, uh, voices on, like, maybe what could have made it better. Um, some of this is, is, is a tiny bit redundant, but, you know, whatever, we'll enjoy it. Um, Drew Gregory at Autostraddle said, uh, I just wish the film had committed to being more serious dramedy about the dynamics on display, and with that not the in a bow happy ending or committed to be a holiday rom-com and then had more humor in a lighter tone, which yeah. I think we've said and agree with. Um, I also have from uh, at M mountain among the litany of offenses. I will never recover from hearing Sappho used as a slur, um, which <laughs> that was a very weird moment. <laughs> it's a really weird moment. It deserves to be caught out, called out. Um, it's definitely used as a slur. Yes. Yeah. Like definitively it, used as a, as a slur. What's Is it? What? It's not traditionally a slur though. No. Is it? It's old timey. No, it's old timey, but no. Um, what, What's funny is, so I'm not I'm not gonna say the name of the person who tweeted this because it seems like they might have subsequently deleted the tweet, so sure. or they privated their account, so sure. they deserve that. However, I did screenshot it and it's important to this. So, um, <clears throat> so redact name, the, redacted this, name, yes, redacted name. The, this person tweeted at Clay Duvall, this movie helped me come out to my parents after being secretly married for four years. I can't thank you, parentheses, and Kristen and Mackenzie and everyone else involved, close parentheses, enough heart. Also, her username, wow. not her at, but her her temporary like display name or whatever, was in all caps, stay out of this, Sappho. Wow. So, what? What? <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> yes. No, no, yes! I know it's real. I know, I know you're know, telling but me. I know, no, 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 I know, but I know it's not like a fake account. Like, yes. Is this, do you um, know what I'm talking about though? When sometimes it's like, I'm a black woman in the pictures of like a no, white. Yes, of course, of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. Um, um, that is wild. I mean, I'm gl- happy for her. Yep. yep. But I'm real sad for her wife, partner. Yep. <laughs> four years. Yep. Oh my God. Four years. Like, geez, four like years. what? Like again, that's a that's guys, that's a deal breaker, ladies. That's a deal. Like breaker. if you're able to work through it, and and you know, no one's in your relationship but you, and you and your partner, as long as you're having regular conversations and making choices that you right. want to make, that's fine. For me personally, that would be a big fat mm. fucking deal breaker. Mm. Um, unless mm-hmm. I never had to see your family, I guess. I don't know. After this movie, I feel like Maybe. I have to meet people's families. I don't know. It's all it's you're all like. Very hard. I have to know what's going on. You got to flip the rock. You got to look at all the bugs. Yeah, underneath. you got to look you underneath do. the rock. Um, um the <laughs> that is so wild. I 
I mean, may, now I'm like trying to I'm trying to tell myself a story where this makes sense to me. I'm like, well, maybe it's like she's not talked to her family nope. in four years, nope. and that this is why. Like she's oh yeah, they were like her partner. estranged, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, and maybe. she was like, and she was like, hey, you know, times are hard. I'm realizing how much I want to treasure the people in my life. And maybe we should talk more. But before we talk, you need to know that I have been married to my partner for four years and that I am queer. Like, maybe then that's fine. That is a situation. That is the only situation. That's the story I'm going to tell myself so that I can, like, (laughs) sleep at night. Because otherwise I'm just going to be staring at the ceiling being like, but how? (laughs) Yep. Oh, Um, wow. Wow, 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 wow. I'm going to read you two tweets about uh, alternate movies that um hmm. that this could have been mm-hmm. um from f underscore osis lesbian christmas rom-coms are all well and good but what i really want is a diehard where Charlize theron goes on a rampage to save her wife mm. Charlize theron responded with where do i sign and then the actress who played cc and new girl said i would willingly you know said something about being uh her wife and charlie's was like i got you so that would have been fun right except i like <sighs> queer women playing queer women but like still I would, say, would I watch are that either, are those women queer that's my no, only my i only don't beef. know maybe may, who the fuck knows you know like queerness is a big spectrum whatever uh, i feel like that security uh, guard in uh broad city where i'm like everybody's gay and everybody's straight <laughs> yeah <laughs> everybody yep. y'all all you yep. guys yeah no but but no i do uh, think it's very important I agree. And I'm not saying that, like, straight people can never play someone who's gay. I didn't realize Mackenzie Davis was not out as queer. Yeah, I thought so, too. I'm I'm unclear what she, like, I'm, I'm not putting straightness on her, but, you know, maybe that's what she is. Wussy Mag, Atlanta uh, queer publication, retweeted uh, at Katie Han Books, rom-com about a lesbian seamstress and a Joanne mm. fabric employee who falls a little bit more in love every time she has to ask the corporate mandated, so what are you making this with? Question. And the seamstress goes on about a passionate rant about her project. It's called Girlfriend Material. I, I like that too. Can I, can I lift um, the veil on a piece of that? Yes, that, please. Yes. Okay. Please. As a former fabric store employee for a big corporation, uh-huh. big corporate fabric, co- fabric corp. <laughs> yeah. Big, big, yeah, uh, uh, big, I, big pharma, big fabric. Big fabric. <laughs> I would like to reveal to you that it is not a corporate mandated question. People who work at fabric stores actually care and actually are curious because when people bring wild bolts of fabric up, you're like, tell me everything. It's not a, tr- <laughs> it's not a TJ situation. We don't yeah. have to ask. If you're being asked, it's because you look interesting or your fabric is interesting or we're a little bored and we want you to talk to us. Those are the things. Yeah. Those are the reasons. So yeah. it's even more romantic. Anyway. Love that. Love yeah. that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think you know, they could have made one of two movies and it could have been lovely. Or we should just make some more lesbian movies and that would be ideal. Uh, yeah. Before we end, well, uh, let's talk about some things that were worth celebrating in this genuinely landmark movie. I'm 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 just gonna shout out. I think that there were four outstanding perform. There were more, but like four characters, I can both get behind and love their performances. These are these are the same. These are the same that I have. I think. Carry uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza as Riley. Yep. Uh, lovely, wonderful, great outfits. Kristen Stewart as Abby. Wonderful, great outfits. I genuinely paused the movie during my first watch, where I'd cried so much. At like the final party scene when I saw uh, Abby's 
outfit because I just laughed so hard about the idea of like her pretending to be straight while wearing what is definitively the gayest outfit of all time. But to be fair, she didn't know. So she would have packed differently. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, I like the idea that she literally just doesn't know how to not be gay. Um, I prefer also that narrative. Possible. But yes, no, I, I agree. Right? But like, like, it's just yeah. hilarious because very, yeah, it's very gay. Hey, I would love that. I would wear that outfit. Type. I've worn similar, out, you know, <clears throat> mm-hmm. gayest outfit. Love that outfit would pull that girl uh behind the tree to make out um mm-hmm. yep into it uh, oh christmas tree i was like what's what a tree you guys can like be on a couch <laughs> a or something movie. it's a christmas yeah. movie. i get Come you on. i get you christmas i was like party. be comfortable yeah. sit down um no, I, no. <laughs> that's 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 lovely we're you know we're at a party i'm shooting my shot um <laughs> um the uh no i agree i think even though because you and i were talked about this and i was like i I do think that this is a career high for Case Stew in terms of acting. I do think mm-hmm. that the amount of empathy and pain I felt for her made this very difficult for me to watch. Yeah, and I think it's, that it's gutting. Yeah, it's very gutting because you at care least about the her first so- time. I think it's much yeah. easier the second well, time. Was that your experience? Uh, y- yes. Yeah, of course, because yeah, I knew what was coming. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I knew yeah. it was coming, so it wasn't as bad. But um. But it doesn't mean that like what happens to her is not still terrible. Um, no, it's no, it still sucks. But it doesn't like it. It doesn't feel so personal. I know? think I think that this movie has like some weird casting choices, and I think she for what this if this movie is trying to do what I think it's trying to do, I think that she both delivers and also is like a very bad choice for it because it doesn't make it makes it impossible for you to forgive Harper because you care too much about Abby by the yep. end of it. The yep. other weird casting is. Who cast Mary Steinberg in this in this movie? She is a fun wine mom who goes to aurora, like aura photography sessions with her girlfriends and would take karate. Like yep. you were yep. looking for Jessica Walter and you couldn't get her. That's what I'm saying. Yep. That's what yep. I'm saying. Yep. Anyway, I, mean, I think I think even like not to just recast Shit's Creek. I think you know Catherine O'Hara does like a great could do a good job. job. Also, also is um, Christmas mother royalty, so it would have been great. It would have made sense. But man, Jessica Walter really would have been the best. You want um, a genuinely scary Lucille wasp Bluth. in this role, well, especially and- because. Lucille Bluth is fabulous and yeah, terrifying. She is. Like, like that's why when John's that, like that line she's well-earned. fabulous, you're like, no, you no, she's not. She's actually just like mean and petty. Like yes. no, you need somebody no, with she seems true so cruel in that scene. You need someone who's true like Jessica Walter, I think, could have delivered those horrible lines and made them really, really funny. <laughs> Because and, she would have chewed up the scenery and just yeah. been like, you know, like it would have all come dripping off of her because at the, at the end of the day, Jessica Walter doesn't care about anyone. So it doesn't really matter. But she's just here to kind of torture her children. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That would have worked. Yeah. Because Megan, Megan and I both left so hard at the line um, at the at the at the beginning of the movie when they first get home. And Mary Steinberg is like, oh, my God, you just get more beautiful every time I see you. Did you bring concealer? Did you bring concealer? Yeah, I did like that. Too. I like, mean, there's some genuinely funny moments in this movie. Guys. Yeah. And, and she's a know. great and she's and 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 she's a great she's a great actress. Like, it's not it's, oh, not, sure, on, sure, sure. it's not on her. That line would have been funny by anyone. But it's like, just, that's definitely a Lucille Bluth. Line. That's you it know would what be, I mean? It would have been it would have been hysterical. If Jessica Walter delivered that line. Yes, she yep. would have been able to because her humor and charisma is driven by the fact that she is genuinely frightening. Yes. And 
Yes. Well, or can be. I don't think, I think in real life she's actually quite sweet. But, um, sure. but and, that and is her and, persona. And she's able to play sweet, but it always feels like a glimpse, you know? Yeah. Like, also, anyway. I think, I think some of the transformation scenes would have been better then, because like, I think she could have kind of delivered on that, I've been a horrible mother. Like, yes. I think. <laughs> It would have been. It would have taken some of the some of the weight out of it a little bit, which it needed because yeah, just everything. Needs, if, if it's supposed to end happily, it needs some of the weight. It needs to be deflated a little bit. Everything needs like, to be way weight. Like you need to like amp up the zany and lower yeah. the stakes. Like yeah. the stakes are so high and the zany is so low that it's really yeah. tough. Yeah. Like we need, we need people. We need weird people, like contorting themselves to an absurd situation. Yes, but that's yes. going to require recasting because I don't. Yes. I don't think this Keisto cast acts can the do shit it. Shit out of it. Acts yeah. the shit out of it. But like, yeah, you're right. It makes it really hard to like have. And I, you know, I'm. I obviously don't want Kristen Stewart not to be in it, but like, I'm. But but reality, you know, like. But Greta Kristen Stewart would have made a great Riley. You know. Yeah. Well, but Greta Gerwig, with her delightful mumblecore style, really should hit up Case Duke because she's very good at oh it. Oh my god! Yes. It's just that to watch that acting aesthetic in this movie was like, hard because it's very it just, sad. Like, just it just hurts yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. So other other performances that I want to I want to shout out. It's obviously Dan Levy and yep. Mary Holland. Yep. Um John and Jane as uh, the other two people i like i like that jane is exactly her own person Mm -hmm. i like i i love the moment where she says i love me like that scene i feel like only works because of jane because jane is like yeah i am a member of this family and i like who i am even if you all don't like is like the reality check i feel like they all need well and also we all like jane like so much when jane's like so much oh you poor orphan she does it in a way that's like like she heard this as though this is a defining feature of this person and is trying to be very kind and empathetic and meet this person where they are. Yes. It it is salt in the wounds, but it's not the way anyone it's, else in the ha- family handles it. It's inappropriate, know? but it is not cruel. No. That, no, like, not at all. Yeah. Like the what she does is inappropriate, like most people wouldn't do that, but sure. it's not mean. And that's kind of no. her whole deal through the whole thing. She's inappropriate, but she's not cruel. Um no, she's she's very kind-hearted. And, right. Well, and I'm and glad I, she gets her movie published, and I'm glad that John likes yeah. it and believes in it. You know, I'm yeah. glad for those things. I do. I do think that uh, it, this is another mo- mo- like so all the moments I have with Dan Levy is I'm like, oh, so you did know, you did know what you should have done, but you didn't do it. And then when I watch Jane's, like I'm calling it a coming out scene where she's like, I like me, and you guys don't, yep. and it's really, it really hurts a lot, but I'm not going to change who I am. You just are gonna have to deal with it. I'm in your family, like I am worth. I am a person worthy. I'm coming out as a person worthy of respect. Was so much more emotionally affecting for me than when Harper actually came out, and I feel like that sort of betrays something about the characterization of Harper. Like we yeah. have to care when Harper comes out. Right. Yeah. And they know how to do it because no, we saw Jane do it. And it was so beautiful. And we understand as the audience member, we understand Jane's pain. We see. No, but instead, like, you, it really does. Like, it does feel like too late. Like when when Abby says that, you're like, yeah, 
It is too late. Correct. Yeah, Abby, you do deserve someone who's already out. Like, that's why a bunch of lesbians gravitated towards her and Riley, because Riley was the comfortable out lesbian who you can hang out with at the gay bar instead of well, going to Fratties. Like, and that's I get why, it. And that's why a bunch of people are, like, being like, Jane is queer. This is canon, even though the movie goes out of their way to make it not canon, which I thought was also strange. I was like, why wouldn't you just yeah. put a question mark on that? Like, who yeah. ca- who ca- or, or yeah, make it Jane, clear. Jane would be the kind of person who, like, doesn't actually need to come out unless she's actively dating someone of the same sex because, you know, otherwise she's just comfortable with who she is, you know? Yeah, but and they, like, go out as of their- a human who dates women, it's hard to meet women. <laughs> like, you know, it's reasonable that you would date a man. Totally. If you, that, if you were inclined to do both, you know? But it seems like they go out of their way to be like, she's hetero and maybe it's funny because Mary Holland is not, so, like, that she wanted, like, a chance sure. to, like, really, like, vamp that up. And it is kind of funny, but it's also, like, <sighs> I think it'd be better... Yeah. I think it'd be better for Jane if she could truly live in that space as a canon as that's in that space as a queer character. Because I think that she's a better representation of that than Harper. Definitely than Harper. (laughs) Definitely than Harper. Um, Yeah. And and she would provide another flavor of queerness and one that isn't so traumatized. Like literally the three queer women we spend time with all have their own triggering traumas. You know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. just. And every time I use the word triggering. I feel like most of our li- listenership will understand what I mean, but I do feel like there are people who like want to write off this term as like, oh, everything triggers these. Oh, I don't want to talk to those people. Yeah, for sure. I just like to be clear. <laughs> I don't want to deal with it that. It is okay for for certain events to elicit very human adaptive responses yes. to keep you safe. Anyway, um, yes. Sorry. Well, uh, I mean, so it's just this movie being triggering is not the movie's problem. It also doesn't seem to care that it's doing that to you, which I think yeah. is really... It, it, that's it, actually the worst thing. It doesn't take care like, of you after it triggers you. If Harper rolled up to the gas station, had this speech, Abby bought in, and then uh, Harper was like, let's just go home. Like, let's yeah. just go home. And then Abby was like, no, we've come this far. We've stayed this long. I want to wake up with, in bed t- with you tomorrow. And then go down and look at the tree. Then at least it would have felt like a choice. I think Mm -hmm. that would have made the end better for me. Like even just showing some of the work. But not showing any of it. Which we all know has to happen. Which Clay Duvall was like. Obviously it happens. And Clay Duvall in this article. I I love her. I do. I love so many things about her. I'm glad that this movie was made. But she was like. Listen. You wouldn't break up with your girlfriend. Just because of a couple of bad days. And it's like. Don't don't gaslight us. This is more than a couple of bad this days. Is more than a couple of bad this days. This is being also, lied to for over half of your relationship. Also, these aren't that bad sucks. days. These are really, really brutal days. These are like, like the most devastating days you'll like. This is like these are those like this is like me trotting out my queer trauma as like a joke that I like to you know like as like a story I can tell people because it's just so bad and it just gets worse. As you tell the story, that now you can kind of laugh at it. But, like, nah, dude. I would not make that a movie. Unless it was the zaniest fucking weird movie ever. You know? Yeah. No. 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 That's something that I have a rye drink about, you know? Like, not the drink is rye, but, I mean, rye whiskey is also good. But Mm. also. But it could be. Um, It could be. It could could be rye. Um, (laughs) Rye with rye. Um, Rye with rye. Rye with rye with Kate Whitney. Um... (laughs) That's my next podcast, guys. Yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I've shared a lot in this but. space today because uh, I think that, you know, in the spirit of, of queerness and sharing whatever, but, like, I don't, you know, I, I don't think anything I've shared is, like, above and beyond. 
Like, I respect the privacy of those that I, I love and, you know, people from my past, people from my present, you know, but obviously we all have stuff we're working out. I'm so glad you shared and it is brave and great that you did. And I'm also glad that you did it in a way that makes you feel safe because that also shows that you are loving yourself and caring for yourself. And that is all wonderful. You are you are doing the most. So congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Are yes. we are we at final thoughts or do you have anything uh, else? Yeah, I have a yeah. Um I also am glad it exists. I'm really yep. glad it's doing so well. This is like the yep. top grossing Hulu. I, I don't even know most what all the watched qual- in one it's like most watched yeah. in one weekend or something. It's like. broke it's broken records. It's doing well, as well yep. I'll put it. Yep. Um I, yep. I equally want people to talk about how ways it can be getting it could be better. Um and 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 sharing and dialoguing about the ways that it is strong and weak. Um yep. Yep. we want a bunch more stories about queer women. That is not a question. That is a demand. So much. Yep. And unless if we it's extremely supportive target audience, I'm like a secondary audience, but I still I yeah. still count myself as, as the one as one of them. Yes. Yes, our, of course. Our Literally, will, the loved ones of queer people are clearly also the target audience yeah. of this movie. If we're not if we're not willing to say, hey, this could be better, then these stories won't get better. And yep. then and also then we'll be in like this weird echo chamber where the people who give the criticism are like homophobic creeps and like that's not good. So nope. Nope. we have to be we have to be willing to take our, our loved ones and our family in hand. I mean, it's, it's the same sort of thing that you have to do with like problematic people in your family. You have to be like, hey, yep. I love you, but that's not OK. Like what yep. you just said is not OK. We get and let's yep. like talk about it. Um, or it hurt my feelings. Let's like let's talk about it because this movie did hurt my feelings in a couple of ways. I will say yep. throughout it, and yep. that's no, it, it hurt my feelings. Uh, yeah, I have. I when I revisit it, it hurts my feelings less, and there's more to enjoy because um, I I know now where to have some calluses. Sure. But um, that first time felt like a, a knife sliding through butter, like just so easily hurting me over and over again in a new ways almost every scene so <laughs> new uh, ways <laughs> anyway it's like it's like this movie is now you running into like um an ex that you're on less good terms with at the grocery store where you're just like oh you once hurt me but now you don't hurt me anymore but it's still weird okay it's yeah. still yeah yeah um, i'm going to go to the bulk grain aisle now bye yeah yeah I'm going to keep watching this movie because it's nice to exist in a glossy lesbian movie. I'm glad it exists. Um, I just, I want, I want more indifferent. And I think that it would be great if we, you know, I know a lot of rom-coms do feature toxic dynamics. Um, We talked about this in our shout out to Colossal episode Mm -hmm. about like how, like if you take away like the, the, the filmic, uh, aesthetics and and the swelling music that rom-coms can be pretty creepy and Jason Sudeikis in that is like a really good example of that um however comma we can do better like as queer people like we already we already are engaging and processing so much about our shit like constantly like that's just part of like the queer narrative so there were jokes online about how funny it was so many lesbians were processing this movie because like what is gayer than that but (laughs) Uh, you know, I, uh, I think, I think we can do better. I think we can do more. So, uh, yeah. 
does, for sure. I, also, thank what, you for reminding us of the reminding me of the excellent work. Little pat on our backs. Yeah, for the yeah, work yeah, we yeah. did with Colossus. Man, that was a good episode. Anyway, yep. Uh, <laughs> we should everyone. So, uh, also, I think this movie is already working. Like, I think that there is also sort of a fear when you criticize something that you love to, or or are meant to love or feel, you know. When you criticize, like, the very limited pieces in the genre that that matter so much to you. Like, this matter... I, I had... I had a friend tell me that they didn't understand what a lesbian outfit was when, or a lesbian movie. Uh, That's uh, cute. For, first a lesbian movie. And I was like, oh, this would, and they were like, I would just call this a bad rom-com. And it's like, okay, well, just try and empathize with me for a minute. Got to be asking for more. But it is hard because I do live in a world in which people are like, what's a lesbian movie? True. There, There is such a void. And you're right. I think we need to shoo fear. But... But that, I think that that's why it's tempting is that because like we're not in a post post gender, post racial, post um, post homophobic, whatever, you know, no, uh, for society. Sure. So we're, we are not we are not safe. <laughs> we well, are and, not and, safe. And not even that, like this is at the very least, we are all exposed regularly to compulsory heteronormativity. And that is what these stories help to bump up against. Yeah. So. Um, it's true. So in anyway, our in our own little privileged echo chamber, though, I think we should shout loud and proud about I the things. I also think it's already working. I know that there's a Hallmark uh, movie coming out in 2021. It's slated to start shooting in January. Um, uh, not a coming out story, lesbian Christmas movie. So it's common man. Cool. So anyway, from from that perspective of like you know that that's the thing that would make it feminist is that like we're we're getting more kinds of stories. We just still have a lot of work to do. So would I recommend it? I wouldn't recommend it at 5 a.m. while on your period with a, with a, with a glass of, like, you know, spiked eggnog um, when it was first airing and you're, like, be- feeling very tender and excited. Um, but if you're not in that place and if you're able to, like, not, you know, not feel a lot of – yes, of course I would. Of course I'd recommend it. I, got, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I've watched far less enjoyable things. All the time I watch far less enjoyable things. Anyway. I think it's a total win for representation. Yeah. I think it falls short of being outright feminist because there's not, beyond representation, it doesn't. Beyond representation, it doesn't deliver really. It doesn't, it's it's not empowering. Like, I don't come out of this even feeling like, yes, lesbians. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, no, but really, yes, lesbians. Guys, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Which is unfortunate, uh, and I and I kind of think a little bit a little bit unforgivable. Like, how is this movie not feminist? Stop. Yep. Yep. Stop. And a lot yep. of that stuff is really, it's foundation. Like the stuff that keeps it from from achieving that is foundational, but should be so easily avoidable. It's stuff where it's like you're not really sure about the politics. It's stuff yep. like the mom is like the wrong kind of mean in a way that you're like, wait, does she hate women? <laughs> like, hold on. Yeah. Why is the mom the worst? Like, yeah. that's not okay. Why is Sloan the worst? Like, yep. there's just some moments that just don't feel right. And for it to be a a queer and and queer and specifically queer lady centric movie, I'm like, this you this doesn't make sense, guys. Come on. We are duty bound to consume and then we are duty bound to share how we felt. Indeed. 
But, you know, unless unless you have listened to this and you're like, that doesn't feel safe at all for me, in which case, don't watch it. Don't watch um, it. Yep. Don't watch it. I'm glad if you're did. straight. Uh, please watch it because we need the viewership and it probably won't hurt you. So, yeah. Yep. I mean, the heterosexual representation of this movie is horrifying. So yeah. you should well, be. You know. It won't hurt you, but it will Sit offend it. you. It will offend you. And you can think about you can think about how it's they got it right and how they got it wrong. Like, you know, yep. that's that's yep. a, that's a healthy exercise to do. Um, so after this, we're taking a little bit of break, a little bit of a break. Uh, but watch our social media for more info. We'll be posting stuff and we'll be coming at you sooner rather than later. So don't worry. Enjoy yeah. the break. It's been a long year. We need we need to put our feet up a little bit. But as always, thank you for listening to Space Bras. You can head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are procuring your finest podcasts. Um, while you're there, you can subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. That'd be a lovely, lovely holiday gift to leave, you know, us Please. this time of year. Guys, um, when you hear this, it will it will be the same week as when my birthday is. For Aww. my birthday, leave me a review. That's right. If you're one of my loved ones, I'd like more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kate's a sapphic Jesus. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. You can also find us on our website, outrageousmechanisms.com slash space dash bras, and also on the only um, social media that matters, a.k.a. Instagram and Twitter, although I now know that, like, TikTok would actually be if we were, like, young, but, you know. No, I'm, I can't be a content creator on TikTok. I'd rather just be a lurker. Sorry, team. It's true. I'd rather watch a girl... Um, say like smudge her house with a lightly steaming corn dog and laugh because i'm yeah. not that clever yeah. anyway i'm <laughs> just not it's so good uh-huh well um <clears throat> guys have a happy holidays i i'm so glad you all came and joined us for this um pod and for these last two episodes and if you know what after happiest season you're looking for something lighthearted and fun go back and watch deb's yeah, because uh, Clay Duvall didn't do her homework. She said that the last happy ending was uh, "But I'm a Cheerleader." That was 1999. She's wrong. 2004. We got Debs. So <laughs> I also think it's really—I also think it's really funny to be like the last movie that did this was a movie I starred in. Yeah, that that no, is a power sure. move. <laughs> it is. It is. But I'm gonna. Well, she. The thing is, she's not really wrong in the way that, like, it's just like. De- Imagine you and me kind of imagine you and me is but with the same problems that this movie has. So like really she's she's wrong. Anyway. Um just saying. And now join us as we raise our glasses of holiday cheer and give the official toast of space bras. In these troubled times, we must remember that even though everyone else might suck, we're awesome and the galaxy is ours. Cheers. Mechanisms Production.